Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of the We're All Screwed Up and That's Okay podcast with me, Dawn Walton. Think of this feeling. Imagine your heart is pounding. You feel adrenaline coursing through your body. You've got a, a tension and a shakiness inside of you. Maybe your palms are a bit sweaty and your breath is difficult to catch. What am I describing? If you were to call that an emotion, what emotion would I be describing? Would it be anxiety? Would it be anger? Would you be excited? You see, the interesting thing about emotions is there's a finite number of them. And actually, all of those answers are right. Because the way you physically experience the intense emotions is exactly the same. Whether you're feeling angry, whether you're feeling scared, whether you're feeling excited, you're still physically experiencing the same combination of effects. So how do you know what's different? How do you know which emotion you're feeling? Because there's infinite paths that could lead you to that exact same set of physical symptoms. Now, that physiological response is a response designed to help you survive. So the fight, flight, freeze, and for me, freeze and freak, (laughs) which I think really should be in there. And maybe it should be fight, flight, freeze, freak. Um, And the freak covers all of the above. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, so we we have this set of uh, physiological experiences. So if you're being chased by a tiger, you need the best chance of surviving. And the best chance of surviving is to amp up what's going in your body. By amping up your body, by charging with adrenaline, that it leads to this heart rate increase, this shortness of breath or erratic breath, this um, shakiness, this, this sweatiness. You end up in a state, an altered state that gives you, as far as evolution is concerned, the best chance of surviving. Because it either allows you to run away super fast without thinking about your energy. You know, it's like uh, taking an energy drink and going zoom. It allows you to fight, to stand and fight more effectively without thinking about the pain or anything else that goes with that. So we've all heard of feats of people doing amazing feats of strength when they're under intense uh, stress. And it allows you to stay very still for some length of time. That's what the fight, flight, freeze is. So when we are threatened, we will all react slightly differently but and we will all have different things that threaten us, but the end result is always the same. The end result is always increased heart rate, erratic breath, adrenaline coursing through your body. And that's the interesting thing about the mind-body connection because actually... If you were physically to experience that set of symptoms, what you'd then do is you'd stop and go, what the heck is going on here? There must be something that is really risky for me to be experiencing those symptoms. But actually, you can experience them by climbing stairs, (laughs) you know, walking up a steep hill. What tells you that what you're experiencing is something that's risky, something risky, instead of something that is just physically taxing you? And that's your head. That's your head telling you that. So your head has countless ways. I think 
Glasgow University or something distilled it down to, to six emotions. And it, it's really interesting when you look at those emotions. So they're um, happiness, sadness, anger, um, what am I missing? Um, disgust is one of them. You know, I, I think if you, um, what's that Disney film with the uh, all the little characters that live in the head? My mind's gone blank. I've had a, <laughs> I've had a really challenging week. <laughs> my brain's not functioning. So excuse me if I lose my words. You can you can fill in the blanks. But anyway, we, we have these this very finite set of emotions, but this infinite way that we can get there. You could be going on a roller coaster ride and be like totally amped up, but it's it's excited. You could be going on a date with somebody that you fancied for ages and now you've got a chance to go on a date with them. That anticipation, it could be nerves, it could be terror, but it also could be just um, anticipating excitement, just something wonderful. All these things. You could go for an interview. You could be nervous. Or you could be thinking about what would mean and happen if you get the job. You really, honestly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Today my sentences aren't working. Like I'm really sorry. You should see what it's like when I type an email. Um anyway, so <laughs> so so let's just think about this for a moment. This context this context of what happens when you go into a state because what tends to happen is we all go oh gosh, something's bad's happening. Now, if you uh, maybe growing up had anxiety about going to school or something like that, or um, issues with somebody in your household that got angry a lot and it made you scared, or anything where you have had a really direct link between a situation in your environment, an intensely emotional situation, and your response to it, then firstly, you will have learned what your response is. We all have a default response. So when somebody is angry and aggressive, that is the fight of the fight or flight. When somebody just goes quiet, you don't hear anything from them, they internalize, that is the freeze of the fight, flight, freeze. And the flight is where people avoid things, where you don't go places, where you don't interact, where you avoid stuff. That's the flight. Most people don't do flight by just running out of the room screaming. But we all have our default response. Mine is a freeze response. Freeze and freak, as I say, because internally I'm doing all the raging stuff, but externally I'm just stuck. And actually I think freeze is the most common response that that people have. But bear in mind... Somebody who's aggressive and angry a lot is just having a reactive response. So we will all have a default response. No matter how many paths take you to that end point, the end point will always be the same because there's a finite number of things that you can experience. So automatically labeling everything as I'm anxious, I have anxiety, whatever, you know, labeling yourself as being the state rather than recognizing you can go in and out of it, can be can be a dangerous thing because, you know, I can't do that because I have anxiety. Or I don't, I, I'm an anxious person. I have anxiety is actually a better way of doing it because anxiety can come and go. Um, but I'm an anxious person. I'm an angry person. I can't do that because. And, and you, you don't realize that you come and go in states and they're based on your environment. 
that is not who you are, which means that potentially you can interrupt that. Because if you can recognize it, remember I talk about the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. If you can recognize it, you can interrupt it. You can kind of stick a name on it. Call it Bob. (laughs) It doesn't really matter, but label it and name it so that you can recognize, hey, I've gone into this state. Now, you might have gone into that state, as I say, because you walked up a steep hill and it reminded you of having a panic attack when you were 16. I don't know, but just just realize what's happening, that awareness thing. Realize that your body is sending a bunch of signals. Or it might actually be, I'm going for an interview. I've gone into this state. I'm really nervous. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe it's anticipation. How would you feel if it was excitement? You know, people who jump off bridges on bungee ropes for fun think that that feeling is exciting. Personally, I think it would be scary. I don't feel the need to do it, but I think it would be scary. So I wouldn't do it because why would I choose to have that sensation that was so unpleasant? But people take that exact same sensation and think it's really cool. So there is no clear black or white this is what this means there's just a set of physiological symptoms that you then look to label based on your past experience and what's happening in your current environment and that you could potentially have control over if you realize what's happening if you have that awareness you have control over what happens which one's more fun do i want to feel anxious or do i want to feel anticipation you know anything unknown is scary so it's also exciting When I go and do a talk, I'm always nervous. It doesn't matter. makes no odds to me because nobody can tell when I'm talking that I'm nervous. So, And I learned that very early on in life, luckily. But I always get nervous. Why am I nervous? There's nothing to be nervous about. So I kind of have a little conversation with myself. Why am I nervous? There's nothing to be nervous about. And I know when I start talking, I'll be fine. So I don't worry about the nerves. I just let them sit and be there. Because anything could happen and we don't like the unknown. Our brains don't like the unknown. So when you're aware that you have these sensations, that you have these emotions, sometimes it can be a little, you know, flashing light in the control room in your brain that says, hey, there's something going on here. This always causes this. We need to deal with this. Why is that? But sometimes it can just be a, all right, something's going on. Let's just get on. Let's just relabel it as exciting, anticipating something, or even just an unknown something. Who knows what will happen? Stop, take a pause, engage your brain. Every time, stop, take a pause, engage your brain, if you can. If you can't, because your brain's switched off by the emotion, which, you know, there's a a phrase which strong emotion makes us stupid because our brain gets switched off, then you need to get it so that your brain's not getting switched off. People like me and others will be able to help you with that. So that can become a therapy issue if, if it's something that you can't stop and take a moment. But there's a lot you can do. Because it's no fun to feel that way, right? And it's no fun to be around somebody else that's feeling that way because you can't talk them out of it because they've gone into that state. So recognize there are finite states. We will always default to that. In the same way as if you bite your nails because you're nervous, you will always bite your nails when that's your coping mechanism. So the trick is not to stop you biting your nails, but to stop you needing to cope. (laughs) You know, if you use food for comfort, you will always use food for comfort. That will be your go-to. You, you've learned a default way of dealing with stuff. 
And that, therefore, will always be your default way of dealing with stuff. So, so recognize this finite number of states from a potentially infinite number of things that can cause it. So be aware. Now, there's a few little tricks that you can use to kind of do a pattern interrupt when this is happening. The first one is quite a cognitive one, so it can be a bit challenging when you're in an emotional state. Challenging. <laughs> That's not even a word. Um, so um, the first one, that, that three A's. Be aware. Like, oh, this is interesting. This is what's going on. What's causing it? What's happening in my environment? Can I stop, take a moment, and just recognize that it's happening? And relabel it. Accept, okay, this is happening because. This is what I always do. This is a situation that's tricky. And then take action. Hmm, maybe I can just think of something that just is, ooh, look, a shiny thing, you know? Think of something that makes me smile. Think of something that makes me calm. Think of something that makes me happy. Let me get my head back into the game. Let's take myself out of this regress state where I'm matching to something. So awareness, this is happening. Acceptance, okay, my brain's got a reason for this to happen. And action, what can I do about it? You are not a victim of these things that happen to you. You do have a choice. But sometimes it's really hard to make because your brain switched off. So the other technique, which is a really simple one, helps you get your brain switched back on again. So maybe you can do the three eight. So this technique is when you're in one of these heightened emotional states, there's a physical and a mental aspect. One of the physical aspects is your breath becomes erratic. So if your breath becomes erratic, your brain kind of goes, oh, look at that. There's something going on here. What's going on? What's the, there must be something risky. And it will engage in the reaction. So if you can regulate your breathing, you can stop your brain looking for what's wrong. So there's a lot, you have come across lots of breathing techniques. There's one I find works particularly well because it's just so hard to do that it gets you very much physically distracted. So what you do is you breathe in for the count of two, out for the count of two. In for the count of three. Now, this isn't in seconds or anything. It's just counting. Out for the count of three. And then you keep going, four, four, five, five, all the way up to ten, if you can. You might not be able to make it up to ten. And then you go back to two. Two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five, six, six, up to ten. You keep doing that, right? You go as high as you can and then back to two. Now, this is, you can practice this anytime, right? And nobody needs to even know you're doing it. Anytime, place, anywhere. It's fantastic. Um, it's just a breathing technique. Now, what it does is it regulates your breathing. It slows it down. It steadies it off. And it's really hard to do without loosening your breath. <laughs> you try it. It's just really tricky. Right? In for two, out for two, in for three, out for three, which means you can't physically be panicking or anxious or whatever at the same time because you're concentrating so hard on getting these breaths right that you don't actually have the capacity to do anything else. Now, at the same time, we need to do a mental distraction. So we need to do physical and mental distraction at the same time. So at the same time as doing the breathing thing, I want you to think of a song. Now, it's absolutely critical that you don't listen to headphones for the song you must just think of it in your brain imagine you've got a play button and press the play button in your brain and now turn the volume up to the very maximum it can go so you're playing a song in your brain at the same time as breathing i guarantee you can't do anything else while you're doing this you just can't it's not possible 
right? It just takes too much effort. It's, it's really hard. So if you do this, then actually your whole mind and body system stands down because it's so busy focused. We're now calmly breathing. We're now distracted by something else and you've interrupted it. And you can do this for anything. It could be angry. It can be anxious, nervous. It can be anything at all. You just breathe and think of the song. Breathe and think of the song. At any time, any situation you're in, dentist, having an injection, wearing a mask, any of these things, it just creates a physical and mental interruption, which should be enough to get your brain back. And with your brain back, you can do the awareness, acceptance and action thing. So part of this is learning not to judge yourself too harshly. You're human. You will feel stuff. You will develop patterns and those patterns will repeat for the rest of your life. Certain situations will always lead you to the same default state. So this stuff allows you to act on it yourself and get through that, which is perfectly fine. Or if you find that you're having to do this too often, you're in that state too often, get your head sorted, <laughs> get it out of the way to make your life easier. And then just carry on with life. Because guess what? We all have something. There's no perfect version of you out there. There's no version of you that doesn't have the stuff that isn't triggered. There are different levels. There's triggers that get in the way of your life, prevent you from going for that promotion or asking somebody out or speaking up for yourself. There's lots of stuff like that that will prevent you from living your best life because you're avoiding stuff. Get your head sorted. Those don't need to be in the way. But you're not going to be perfect. You're going to lose your temper. You're going to get anxious. You get all these things. It's just normal. It's just human. This is, you know, our brains are essentially looking out for invisible tigers all over the place. It's a miracle we can even step out the front door. But we can, and you do, and you live and you function. I was describing myself to somebody as the other day as a very high functioning, very well supported, severely traumatized adult. <laughs> It's amazing what you can do with whatever happens. So hopefully this has been useful to you today and I'll speak to you all again soon.